0: Mark chapter 16, verse 15. These are the words of Jesus. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, every created being. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned or condemned. Verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. The Bible says it right after this that After the Lord had spoken these words, He was taken up from them into heaven. And then they went forth, and they preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. I want to speak to you today on the subject deep and wide. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. The theme of October, I believe, of the Spirit and of teaching and preaching has been this theme of going deep, going deep in our relationship with God, going deep in the Word. And in case you've missed some services for one reason or another, our services are archived on multiple platforms. You can go back and do some catch-up homework to be in step with the Spirit of the Lord that is speaking to our church. The Lord is calling us into a deeper walk with Him. Because the shaking that will come in our world will shake everything that can be shaken. And people with deep spiritual roots will survive the heat of trials. And people with deep spiritual foundations will survive the storms of life. We can look to our predecessors in the book of Acts, the early church, and we know that God's people were deep. That early church was a deep church. Today, by the way, as I minister the word of God, I want to assure you that I am preaching first to myself. Now, I know that's kind of a nice thing to say, and maybe it reduces some resistance in the minds of people, but that is not why I say it. Ever, I say it because I am preaching to myself today And I'm preaching to all of us The word of God Because I want to hear And obey his voice The early church was deep In the word The first Christians were Jewish Christians And they had been raised on the Old Testament They knew the Bible It was their textbook What I spoke about in the baby dedication Was true of them They taught it They talked about it, their homes were filled with it, they wrote it everywhere, the Word of God was everywhere present in their life. Not much in printed form, only original manuscripts, but they were deep in the Word of God. Proof of that is found in the reading of the New Testament in your Bible. There are hundreds of direct quotations, paraphrases, references to Old Testament scriptures Found in the New Testament. The fourth edition of the United Bible Society's Greek Testament lists 343 Old Testament quotations in the New Testament. They cite no fewer than 2,309 allusions or ver- verbal parallels. Might have not been a direct quote, but kind of a passing reference to something that was written in the Old Testament. The most quoted book of the Old Testament in the New Testament is Psalms followed by Isaiah. In the book of Revelation, there are no direct quotes, but over 620 allusions to the Old Testament in the writings of the book of Revelation. In Acts chapter 7, when you read the sermon of Stephen, the first known martyr... Of the Christian church. His whole sermon is the Bible. He's not telling 12 stories. Of things that happened to him. He is reciting the history of Israel. And their historic. Rejection of God. And his prophets. Leading up to his time. Stephen was not an apostle. Not a theologian. He didn't go to Bible college. Or graduate school. He was a guy in the church. Appointed to the benevolence committee that became a mighty preacher and was used of God with miracles, signs, and wonders. But his sermon is filled with scripture that he learned from a child growing up in a Jewish Christian home or a Jewish home became a Christian. Miracles and signs and wonders are also in the book of Acts because not only was that early church deep in the word, they were deep in the Holy Ghost. They were deep in the Spirit. There are at least 18 specific miracles that are listed in the book of Acts. And I chose to not list them today for the sake of time. But there are also nine other references to mass miracles that took place in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 2, there were many signs or wonders and signs. In Acts chapter 5, it reverses it by saying there were many Signs and wonders done by the hands of the apostles. In Acts chapter 5, the apostle Peter walked down the street and his shadow, the shadow of Peter falling on people caused him to be healed by the power of the name of Jesus Christ. So much so that they brought out a multitude of sick folk from the cities all around about Jerusalem that were vexed with unclean spirits and they were healed every one. We're excited when we see one person healed. But in that church, they were deep in the spirit, they were powerful, and there were hundreds and thousands of miraculous healings and deliverances by the power of God. Stephen, I told you, did great wonders and miracles. In the book of Acts chapter 8, Philip went down to Samaria and there were miracles that were done in his ministry. Acts 14, there were signs and wonders done by the hands of Barnabas and Paul and their missionary entourage as they preached the gospel there. In Acts 15, Paul, Barnabas gave a report as Paul as well of the miracles that God had done throughout the churches of the Gentiles where they preached In Acts chapter 19, the Bible said that special miracles were done by the Apostle Paul. Aprons and napkins and handkerchiefs went out from his body. There were demons cast out and people healed by the power of God. In Acts 28... Other people on the island of Melita were healed by the power of God. I just want you to know that we have a heritage of deep people in the word and in the spirit. And the book of Acts church was a powerful, Holy Ghost-empowered church. It wasn't unusual. It wasn't weird for the apostle Peter to be up on a rooftop praying about the ninth hour of the day. And for him to see a vision that would open the door to the preaching of the Gentiles. It was not uncommon for there to be spiritual dreams in that church. It was common to them for the gifts of the Spirit to operate. Tongues and interpretation, prophecy, the gift of faith, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, the operation of miracles, the gifts of healing. It was not unusual, it wasn't a rare thing for the gifts of the Spirit to operate in that early church. They were a deep church. Our heritage. Our legacy. That was left to us. Is not of a church of people. Who just professed Christ. Or merely accepted him. As their personal savior. They were people who were filled. With the power of Jesus Christ. They were mighty evangels In themselves. Amen. We are possessors. Of the same Holy Spirit that filled the mother, Mary the mother of Jesus, of the apostle Peter, of the apostle Paul. They did not have a different spirit. We have that same spirit. It is the same spirit that dwelt in Jesus Christ. Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do. I don't think in quality. But in quantity. He was going to give us the Holy Ghost. Not limited to a single body. But every Holy Ghost believer. Has gifts and power. And ministry. And something for you to do for God. We were called. We were commissioned. To go into the deep. Not to be shallow Christians. Not to be nominal Christians. People who are Christians in name only. Paul said, if you live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. If you have the Spirit, you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, then you should also walk in the Spirit. You should be led by the Spirit. You should not quench the Spirit. You should not despise prophesying. You should allow the flow of the Holy Ghost in your life and in your church. I believe. That our world is sick and tired of a powerless, lifeless, boring church. Amen. And I also believe that a shallow Christian and a shallow church will not survive what is coming to our world. We need to be sold out to Jesus Christ and filled with the Spirit if we are going to make a dent in this world in this last day. Now Jesus told us, I read it in Mark chapter 16 verse 17, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They'll cast out devils, they'll speak in new tongues, they'll take up serpents, they'll drink deadly things, they'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. In the early church, if someone was possessed of the devil, that devil could be cast out. And it is not easier for God to give you the Holy Ghost than it is for him to cast out the devil. Jesus said, I saw Satan, like lightning, fall from heaven. How fast can Jesus cast out a devil? Instantaneously by the power of his name. Now, you may not feel like a super Christian, and that's because you're not but you have a supernatural God working in you and he's given us his name and he's told us to conduct his business in the earth. He has given us the power of attorney to transact his business on this earth. So when I say in the name of Jesus, it's not how loud I say it, it is how powerful his name is. It is the name of Jesus that has the power to save and deliver and set free. Now, they didn't handle snakes on purpose, and neither do we. And if you do, go somewhere else. (laughs) But when Paul accidentally had a snake in his hand, he felt no harm and didn't die. I don't know of an example, can't find one, where someone accidentally drank poison in the Bible. In the New Testament, the old they did, they drank that soup, right? And it was like... had. Poisonous, gourds in it. But in the New Testament, I don't have an example of that. But we believe the promises of God. They did speak in tongues. When they received the Holy Ghost, and a whole lot after that. Amen? And if you want to keep yourself in the love of God, Jude said, pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen? They did lay hands on the sick, and they recovered. Jesus told them, you are going to be a deep church. A powerful church. Amen. And right now, I believe that if you need a miracle, because we serve a God who is able, that you don't have to wait till the end of my message. So when I finish preaching, but right now, if you have faith in God, would you open your heart right now? Maybe if you need an answer to prayer, would you stand right now? Jesus, I come in the power of your name. I do not come in my name and my ability, but I come in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray right now that you would let the Holy Ghost impart your name in healing, in miraculous power, in the minds, in the bodies, in the emotions, in the circumstances of your people. I pray that you would show yourself strong right now, Lord. For you have given us the power of the Holy Ghost. And I pray in the name of Jesus right now. Now would you lift your voice and thank him and praise him. Because he is a mighty, mighty God. There's nothing, nothing too hard for you, Lord. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Do you know that Jesus... Interrupted church one day and told a man, stretch forth your hand. You've got a withered hand. We don't have to wait till we have an evangelist here. We don't have to wait till there's an altar service or some the choir is singing. We can have it right now because Jesus is here, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty right now. Right now, there's liberty. You know, press in your mind in Jesus' name. As he said, peace be still over the sea of Galilee. I speak peace in your mind right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. But the church was not deep just to be deep. I grew up in church. I know what we always said. We had a great, we had great church today. No preaching. (laughs) I wasn't a preacher. It sounded good to me. Wait a second. I want to say, we had great church today. No singing. No. Just kidding. I tell everybody, are you kidding? I need the choir to sing. I need them to shout. I need all the help I can get. Change keys, whatever it takes, Brother Brandon, just help me. Modulate, you know? (laughs) But, you know, sometimes our idea of great church is that we were blessed. Well, we were deep. We had, we had, and I believe in this and it operates here. We had a message in tongues and interpretation. Incredible. That's just the way it should be. It's normal. Amen. But that early church was not just deep so they could just be deep. The depth of that early church connected them to the mission. Amen. The miracles were not an end in themselves. I know that we can pray for the sick that are among us and they will be healed. But when you read the book of Acts, miracles were not just for the body of Christ, for to heal the body of Christ. It was for the body of Christ to heal the world. Miracles were and still are God's way of validating the power of the gospel. That's why I read it. You didn't see it on the screen. They went everywhere preaching the word. The Lord working with them. Confirming the word with signs following. We do not follow signs, but Jesus said these signs shall follow the believers. If we will get busy about God's business, he will confirm us and he will validate our ministry. So here's the point. The early church was deep, not just to be deep. They were deep so they could go wide. That's why he gave them that power. Mark 16, 15, our text. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Then he said, I'm going to give you all this power. But it wasn't the power just to have power. It was power for a purpose. It was power to fulfill what we call the great commission given by Jesus. And all four gospels and the book of Acts make it very clear why he gave us this power. Matthew 28, he said, go teach all nations. In Mark, I talked about that. In Luke chapter 24, that repentance and remission of sins should be preached among all na- in his name among all nations. In John, Jesus said, As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. In every gospel, the Bible teaches us that we're deep to go wide. And that's the only reason He would give us power like that. Luke and Acts are a sequel. Dr. Luke wrote the gospel of Jesus Christ. According to Luke, he also wrote the book of Acts. He said the former treaties have I made unto the o Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until he was taken up. That's Luke. Now we're in the book of Acts. And his disciples said, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus said, it is not for you to know the times and seasons that the Father has put in his power. But in Acts 8, Jesus said this. I want you to see it. But you shall receive power. In the Greek, it is dunamis, where we get our word dynamite. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Jesus said, I'm going to make you deep so you can go wide. And I'll just say it now, the reason there's a lot of churches that are not deep is because they're not willing to go wide. They are powerless because they have no mission, they have no purpose, they have forgotten why Jesus saved them. This was power with a purpose. It was this power that propelled the preaching of the gospel to the whole world. So I was feeling deep Wrote an article about going deep I've been teaching and preaching about going deep And then a week or so ago The Lord just dropped in my spirit Yeah deep and wide And I just kind of said yes sir in my spirit Amen Because it is the heritage of our church To be both deep and wide I know you might have learned it in Sunday school. You're waiting for me to sing it. I'm not. But it's deep and wide. Deep and wide. There's a fountain flowing, not deep and deeper, but flowing deep so it can also flow wide. Not just wide without depth. Not just going everywhere without power. Jesus said, go back and wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. But when you get the power, get out of Jerusalem and take this gospel to the world. Deep and wide. So let's talk about wide just a minute. Acts 2, 3,000 souls. Acts chapter 5, multitudes added to the church. Acts 5, again, the the enemy said, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. Acts 6, the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. Acts 8, because of the persecution of Saul, by Saul, the church was scattered. They went everywhere preaching the word. Amen. That is the scope of, of our mission to go everywhere and reach everyone with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, in other words, ladies and gentlemen, my brothers and sisters, we are not a closed community. He didn't say Savior for and no more. I could teach a whole Bible study on the challenges that were overcome in the book of Acts. It is a book that teaches us to triumph over triumph of the gospel over every barrier. But I believe the greatest barrier God had was the mentality of His people. It was the way they thought because they struggled to let Gentiles in the church. They couldn't fathom somebody different from them being saved. They had generations of stinking thinking that they had to overcome. Jesus said it, Jerusalem, your city, Judea, your province, like a county or state, Samaria a neighboring province And in the uttermost part of the earth Who can be saved Every person in every country Everywhere in the world This gospel can save anyone It doesn't matter what their religion is now Jesus is the savior of the world He did not die for your sins only But for the sins of the whole world Amen Amen Several years ago, I was wanting to try out some new words. The exclusivity and universality of the gospel. I thought, I'm going to preach two big words about the gospel. It is exclusive, which means you cannot be saved without it. But it is universal, meaning that anybody can be saved by the power of the gospel. The message we preach is the only message that will save anybody from a lake of fire. But guess what? It will save everybody from the lake of fire if we will tell them the exclusivity and universality of the gospel. That sounded sophisticated. it? This message in my spirit is not lost on the fact that next week is Missions Conference. World Missions Conference is a big deal to me. I grew up in a missions giving church. I always thought I would be a missionary when I was trying to discern the call of God. Not too late, I guess, right? After this message. See you. Anyway. you will see that this church from July 1st last year to June 30th this year gave over a half million dollars to missions causes outside this local church. Thank God for that. Thank you for that. Amen? Amen. Brother John Turner will give that report next week. Thank you for understanding that God has blessed us to be a blessing. That's what Abraham, the Lord told Abraham, I will bless you and I will make you a blessing. He doesn't just bless you to just be blessed. He blesses you so it will flow through you to someone else so there can be more blessing in your life. But if you hold it to yourself, you will be like the Dead Sea where everything comes in and nothing goes out. The depth of our sacrifice as a church allows the gospel to go wide to the world deep, affects wide in our giving, in our praying, and our understanding of the Bible. We believe as a United Pentecostal Church that it is the whole gospel to the whole world by the whole church. That is why outside the United States and Canada that we define as the North American Church and the United Pentecostal Church, we we have a witness in 198 countries and 34 territories. We have over 30,600 ministers around the world outside of North America. 37,557 churches and works and a constituency outside North America of over 4.4 million constituents. Amen. We ought to thank the Lord that we are making a dent and a difference in the world. Amen. I cannot tell you how excited I am to have Brother Bruce Howe here next Sunday. He's the director of Global Missions. He leads these efforts around the entire world. And believe me, he's lived it as a missionary in El Salvador. And he practices what he preaches and he just bleeds missions. We won't let him bleed when he's here. But So would you just say D? And why? There's a fountain. There's no problem too deep in your life that God cannot get to where you are. There's no soul so lost in sin that the gospel is not wide enough to reach them where they are. You know, COVID has really weirded out the church, hasn't it? It's affected our culture and it has affected the church and this church. According to a study by Barner Group of 1,000 people, there's a pretty high percentage of people that since COVID, they just quit going to church. Church online, psh, church hopping online, and then quit going to church. Millennials, maybe 52%, just disconnected from the church over during COVID. I've said it repeatedly. We haven't seen a great revival because of COVID. So if we think the pandemic has brought a nation to its knees, that has not happened. I pray it will happen. And it doesn't have to be because of a pandemic. Paul said in Romans 12, I beseech you therefore, brother, by the mercies of God. Not because of a pandemic, but because of the mercy of the cross of Jesus Christ. You ought to repent because he loved you enough to save you. Not because the world's coming apart. But COVID has affected us in negative ways in many, many ways. And this study showed by these respondents that many of these people are feeling a lack of peace in their life and a growing dissatisfaction. Well, guess what? You take Jesus out, and what comes in? These people, maybe they're not in an apostolic church, but they walk away from the presence of God, and from Jesus Christ. Our country has been affected by decades, of secular humanism, that has been taught at all levels of public education. Religious freedom and very morality is on the line right now in America. And every one of us who's tuned into God can feel the tension of the times as the coming kingdom is grating against the kingdom of this world right now. You can feel that something's got to change. Our world is lost and desperately in need of a church that is deep in power. So that we have what it takes to save them. But wide enough to love them. And go to them where they are. Not expect them to just show up here where we are. COVID has revealed some things about our church. We've been having online church is such a big adjustment. Just hang in there with me just a little bit. Everybody had to adapt. You had to learn how to bring church in our home. We call this our sanctuary. I know a lot of churches call it their worship center. I like sanctuary. A sanctuary is a safe place. That's why we keep calling it that, right? This is a sanctuary for souls. And we had to learn to bring church in our home. People had to learn to have church in their living room, sometimes in their PJs, right, in their pajamas. Had to learn how to eat cereal and have church at the same time, you know, it's been quite an adjustment for many people. But what I've observed also is that while we've turned our homes into sanctuaries when we couldn't get to church, and we've seen financial faithfulness from our people, thank you. And by the way, if you want to measure people, there's some things you know, and giving is sometimes the last thing that comes and the first thing that leaves when a person's walking away from God. And your $190,000 sacrificial offering to Sheaves for Christ just a few weeks ago is a testimony that this church is here, locked in. We're ready to go. We're here. Amen. And I want to thank you for that. You can applaud yourselves. I want you to. Thank you for being a deep church in the Word, in the Spirit, in sacrificial giving. We're deep and get digging deeper. But I want you to think about this. March 8th. Brother DJ and I, we team preach. We've never done that before. It was a long and short of preaching, right? It'll sink in in a moment. Brother DJ, stand up. Some people don't know you, right? Okay, a long and short. Thank you. Wow. I'm going to have to slow this down a little bit. <laughs> but if you go look, you know, we preach empty vessels, they were here everywhere. I felt the idea in my heart. I didn't know how to visualize it. I talked to Brother DJ at a Tuesday night prayer meeting, standing right back there. I said, pray and think about how we can show this to our church. And the Lord directed him, empty vessels. And we preached empty vessels, and we've still got to get rid of some empty vessels around here. But anyway, out in the foyer is a display, and there are 100 vessels there. And from that time till today, there are nine vessels filled with oil symbolizing that they have received the gift of the holy ghost i thank god for nine because every soul is valuable to god amen now we wanted to see a hundred people receive the holy ghost in 2020 and we preach about it i believe it there's nothing too hard for god And then Sunday, March 15th, a week later, I was preaching an anniversary service in Oklahoma and Brother Chris Green was here and COVID hit and bam, that was the end of church. Love you all. You can watch us next week online. No more in-person church from March 15th to May 31st on Pentecost Sunday. We did not have a service in the sanctuary because of COVID lockdowns and trying to be wise about all of that. And I'm not complaining about all that. But, you know, if you look at what happened before that took place, there were 35 people filled with the Holy Ghost from beginning of January through, all the way through this year. But see, subtract nine, 56 baptisms. If you look at what was taking place in all the way from January through March, we were on a roll at Atlanta West. We are going to have an incredible year. Powerful church, lost people, empty vessels being filled. This is going to be Amazing. And it's been a great year. Except for what really matters most. And that's people being saved. I love great church. But great church to me is when heaven rejoices with us over a sinner who repents. And if heaven ain't happy, I'm not happy. And heaven is more happy about a sinner repenting than 99 just people who don't need a repentance just saying we had great church. As he came into this world, Paul said, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ, Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. So, we've been talking about this for a few years because we just feel like, you know what's happened in America? People depend on church services for their friends to get saved. They invite their friends to church hoping that they'll hear the gospel and they'll get saved. That is not the way it was designed by God. The way it was designed by God is that we get deep here so we can go wide there. So this is the part where I'm preaching to myself and my staff and our board and our leaders and our volunteers and to you. Have we come to the place where If a person is not saved in a church service, that they're not going to be saved. If they don't wander into the church on their own, we have many people, we've tracked this, that don't have any relational connection to any of you or me. They just show up for church and they're saved, but because they don't have a connection, they never get committed. They come in and they go out and they disappear and are welcome to the family class. We'll have people that are transfers from other churches or move in from out of town, but they're already saved and a smaller number of people who are going to those classes to get established because they were saved here because of a Bible study, because of a testimony, because of personal evangelism. So I'm not trying to make you defensive because I'm not trying to be offensive today. You've heard me say many times that we need a better mirror than we need a magnifying glass. And so today I'm just holding up the mirror for myself and for Atlanta West Pentecostal Church to say deep is good, but God made us deep so we would go wide. And not depend on professional preachers or organization or structure But then each of us, each of us would say, I am saved by the power of God. I have the Holy Ghost. I have what it takes to go deep. And I am commissioned by Jesus Christ to go wide into all the world. And I am responsible for every lost person I know. So while I live the life, I'm waiting for them to get saved. Well, live a good life, but then tell them how to be saved. The gospel is called good news. They are words that are connected to the gospel. And if you don't tell them how to be saved, you can be a good neighbor, a godly coworker. you can be a good person, but if you never tell them, They're not going to be saved by osmosis. It is your life that is like salt and light. But it is the power of the preaching and teaching of the gospel that saves them that believe. Deep and wide. You see, the gospel was really not designed to be preached in sanitized places like a sanctuary. It was designed to go into the streets Into the dark places. I'm so excited yesterday. Our hope ministry safely restarted reaching out to the homeless. And on their first day back in downtown Atlanta, a young lady or lady was refilled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I got the video of her speaking in other tongues as the Lord renewed her in the spirit. Hey, that's what I call the off-road gospel. That's the gospel that was designed for hard places, tough people, sinners, the gospel can save them. Deep and wide. Now the early church was deep. And they were deep. I told you they were deep. Deep in the word. Deep in the spirit. They filled Jerusalem with their doctrine. There were miracles. Signs, wonders, conversions. Sinning saints were dropping dead. Nobody wants that kind of revival really. But it happened. Fear came upon every soul. I mean Jerusalem was rocking with revival. But it was just Jerusalem. And then Acts chapter 8. Persecution hits. Saul of Tarshish breathing out threatenings and slaughter. And the church is sort of dynamited out of Jerusalem. Not the apostles. They stayed. Acts 8. Read it. They that were scattered abroad. Went everywhere preaching the word. They were deep. Say, well, I don't know enough scripture. You know enough. You know a lot more than that lost person knows. You know more on accident than they know on purpose. And you know your testimony. And you can tell what you have seen and what you have heard. And that will save a lost person. Brilliant, educated Paul told his testimony over and over. Because he knew the power of telling your story. Before, how, now. Persecution. Churches dynamited out of Jerusalem. Jerusalem. And now the Bible said those that, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. It led to finally Samaria having a revival by the preaching of Philip. And then Cornelius and the Gentiles and the, the shift from Jerusalem to Antioch and Syria and the missionary journeys of Paul and the spreading of the gospel as Jesus had declared in every gospel it's got to leave here and go there. Because I call this church to be deep and wide. Let's bow our heads and pray right now. Lord, I see ourselves reflected in the word of God. That we have become organization centric Lord we center ourselves around the corporate body of Christ while that's such a good thing Lord I'm afraid that in North America especially we've neglected going wide and we become too much of a closed society I pray Jesus you would Not just convict us, Lord. Not just make us feel guilty, Lord. That's not my goal today. That never got anything accomplished. But help us see ourselves and help us make choices, Lord. To open our hearts and our homes and our mouths to lost people. Help us, Jesus, love sinners like you did, Lord. Not just cleaned up religious people, but sinners. Demon-possessed, drug-addicted sinners. While we're giving, Lord, help us not forget about going. I pray it in the name of Jesus Christ. I know for me this message is convicting. I told you I was preaching to me. So I I don't expect, you know, there to be shouting and running the aisles. I'm not worried about that. That will happen when people start getting saved around here. But let's ask the Lord to forgive us and then help us to have faith in the power of the gospel. That it will save, as the Bible says, to the uttermost. Hallelujah. If you're able, would you please stand right now? And would you maybe, if you want to raise your hands or however you're comfortable, would you just open your heart to Jesus Christ right now? but you accept. And if you're here today and not saved, I've just preached a message to tell this church that you are what's most important to Jesus Christ. Lost people matter to God. You are here because someone loved you to Christ. Might have been a family member, a parent, somebody loved you. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Just keep praying. Brother David, Derek, would you just come up here for a moment, please? I'm I'm not going to embarrass you. I love you. I'm so proud of Brother David. You have to to stand over here like the social distance stuff, right? He just received his ministerial license, and I'm so proud of him. You know why David is here? I didn't plan to do this, but David is here because Nathan Rowland was working on a job met David and started talking to him and was baptized and received the Holy Ghost and they lived in Rome and now they're here and you know what I love about him you're not going to believe this he's a rapper I'm not going to make you a rapper I want to but it's so late dude he can rap I I know he's a white guy but he can rap and he's really good and when he met the district board he met the district board online you know and I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I said, Brother Derek, would, would you do us a favor? Would you do a rap for the district board? <laughs> All these ministers, you know, from around Georgia. And he was real nervous. And like, I don't want to be disrespectful, Brother Johns. I'm like, do it. Do it. Then the other day, he said, "I want." Uh, he sent me his latest rap. But you know what he's rapping? Jesus' name, baptism, Holy Ghost, Amen. Because it is the only thing that will set you free from sin. We'll save that for another time. But man, I love it. I'm tempted. Y'all want to hear it? All right. all right. Bring me that other mic. You can't do this. Just, just a little bit now because we got something else. All right, ready? you got any kind of more? All right, here we go. Praise God, everybody. Praise God. All right. I'm going to spit 16 bars real quick for Jesus. Hey, yo, check. Look. Hey, yo, I'm into Jesus like mama cooking the meanest meal. We in here repping the kingdom, so get it how you live. I did, I did and now I got a shining light that'll put a spark in the darkness. I'm lighting up the night. That's right, no stumbling. Holy Ghost got me mumbling, speaking out in a different language even angels loving it. The covenant with Jesus keeps on getting even sweeter. I love to pledge allegiance to the one that gave us freedom. He did it by his bloody shed for you and me and he hung on that rugged cross for us all. Let his will just be done. His fingerprints, they be stitched on his fabric. No escaping this. If you want that you can have it the wages of sin is death when you cash in turn away and repent then next it is baptism in the name of jesus to x out your past sins watch the holy ghost fall like it did in acts 10 oh yeah, oh yeah. i love you why do we give the lord a real big hand clap of praise because the world is filled with people like David Derek. Woo! Oh, let's worship the Lord, For the gospel can save him. There's no one outside the scope of the power of the gospel. Let's go deep so we can go wide. Amen.